Hello and welcome to episode 12 of uh, Real Talk. Yeah. Um, just a few weeks after the last one, uh, you know, <laughs> but we're, we're here with the most recent episodes, you know, we're always consistent up to date, you know, um, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, the last one we did was like August, which is like, you know, nearly six months ago. Uh, wait, was it, is it four, it's seven months ago? Yeah, that's mad. Woof. Damn. What's the year? Yeah. Um, crazy. But yeah, it's, in fact, it's almost been a year since we officially started next month. So um, Yeah, yeah, I know. That's crazy. That's um, mad. Welcome back. We've been, uh, a lot has changed since the last podcast. Yeah, um, I mean, um, the pulp conversation has officially... Yeah, now a thing. That what? Thriving, thriving. That that's now a thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, the pulp creative. Mm. Uh, we're now doing PR for um yeah. music artists, which is which yeah. is quite cool. Um, um. We've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um. I'm unfortunate as well to land a role within industry. So, yeah. Hopefully, we're able to get some interesting guests. Um, yeah. And some some insight insight as well. Uh, I can't. I, I actually like. I need to make sure I, when I speak about stuff now that like I'm not speaking about <laughs> stuff that could. You have uh, to be careful now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're we're back. Um, we are. So that yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, we'll get some guests on, like always. Some some hopefully eventually some familiar faces. Yeah. Um, new new ones. I hope we get a few interviews as well, which would be awesome. Yeah, that would be good. Um, so, so to start off, um, we'll, we'll just sort of, you know, keep it basic. Um, what have you been watching over the past, um, couple of weeks or so, you know? A couple of weeks or so, a couple of weeks. Um, well, I, I have been watching some good stuff, um, some newer stuff, some older stuff. Um, I recently got the Criterion Collection for the Before Trilogy. Oh. Uh, I, I, yeah. Um, I hadn't seen them in a. I, I watched them when I was starting to get into film originally. Um, loved them, but I'd say I'd go far as now to call them some of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a bold from, claim. Yeah, um, I don't think any romance film has ever come close to it. Uh, yeah. The trilogy. Um, they're both a perfect as well because the first one's so. I don't want to say naive because it's, it's it's a term, but it's so it's it's a romance that you know you can analyze yeah. every last bit of dialogue as subtext. Um, you can make it as pretentious as you want it as well, but look at it from just a straight up romance film. It's great as well. Yeah, uh, Ethan Hawke uh, and Julie Delphi are perfect. Like, there's no better chemistry in any film ever. The chemistry um, is really fucking good, and you know, yeah. Linklater you know, just does a brilliant job. Yeah. Across um, all three films as well. They, they, they age so beautifully and the films get, uh, I mean, uh, before um, before Sunrise is so, it, it's the youngness, you can feel the almost, the, the young energy there. Um, obviously Linklater as well um, was a fairly, fairly young director at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's early on in their careers. Yeah, I mean, we're looking now back at like nineteen ninety, like five or something when Sunrise yeah. came out. Yeah, um, and every and then you know as it age, and I think before midnight, you know, looking at the third one, yeah, it yeah. was old now, and it's it's 
it shows the good, the bad, and the ugly of love. Yeah, um, I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, really works for the trilogy is there's, like, a solid ten years between every film. Mm. And I think that's yeah. one thing that I think normally, you know, leaving that much space, you know, in a series, especially if it's a big franchise, you know, that would often be a huge mistake. But I think with this, it really works oh, for 100%. the characters and the development. And it, you, like, it may not seem as it's, it may not seem like a big deal but it it kind of like oh, it's it, like it inadvertently so well um for me as well i think i really what i really like about them is um the, the, the chemistry in each film is perfect you know like when they get older they you can see, you feel like they've grown together as characters um, yeah the the second one i love um it's got so many great scenes so like before he leaves, like, are oh, you going to miss your plane? I know. Yeah. All of that sort of stuff. How it ends, perfect. The dialogue is perfect, but by the time he gets to the third one and um, they've settled down, it's the first two have this pure like romanticism of their relationship and their love. The third one is you get the good and the real ugly, ugly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really impressive. It's literally two people having a conversation across yeah. three films. That's what I'm saying. They're really, they're really minimal films, you know. But oh, hundred percent. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like Tarantino in a sense, where you know, quite often the dialogue is, you know, yeah. really it's about nothing. But the way it is portrayed and the way it's acted out, you know, it's like it's of the utmost importance. It's done yeah. incredibly. Yeah. Um, I, what I love about it as well, which I think, I mean, Tarantino obviously with the dialogue is, is brilliant. Um, yeah. But a lot of times, I think with with Tarantino, his characters, as much as I love all of his films, and I, I love the ones a bit uh, as a director, brilliant. Um, I took on like a film bro here, but yeah, I, I do love Tarantino. <laughs> and I'll get on to another film that I've recently watched of his. Um, but Linklater creates people. I think there's no better writer and director yeah. creating people. And the blocking as well in the film. But one of my favourite moments I like to talk about in the before, before Sunset is um, when Julie Delphi's character goes for a smoke. And uh, yeah. the way he looks around, and you can tell, like, obviously because he's married in the second second film. Spoiler, this is spoilers a little bit. <laughs> um, and he the way he looks around and he's like, oh, can I have one? And that interaction just perfect yeah. alone tells you so much about each character and ethan hawk's character you know like yeah you, you can probably understand that his wife probably forced him to quit and julie delphi's character presents a level of um excitement back into him you can see the excitement in himself when yeah you know, he's smoking again it's over similar over stupid like a cigarette i mean i'll give credit to ethan hawk as well and julie delphi because they, they play the part so well i think it's yeah. ethan hawk's it's, I'd, I'd argue it's you know both their actors um, actually, yeah, actually career highlights. Yeah, I mean, so so, what else have you been watching then? What else have you been yeah. delving into? I'm glad I had that rant over because I did <laughs> the trilogy. Um, yeah, I, 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 we could probably have a podcast alone. Uh, you know we, what? We could on the before trilogy. Um, we'll, but, we'll set it up in a couple of weeks' time, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd love to do that. Um, 
Um, recently as well, uh, the new Tom Hanks film, News of the World, I checked out on Netflix. I have not, I've not seen it yet. Um, what did you think? I've, I've heard some mixed things. I've heard some yeah. people say that it's very good. I've heard some people say that, you know, it's one of his worst. I've heard some people say that it's, you know, very average. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I really like Paul Greengrass. I do have problems with his direction as well. Um, yeah, his lack of of still frame as such, like it's always handheld um, with him. And yeah, it's kind of distracting at times. But he, what he does so well as director is the building of tension. Um, and there's a few really tense scenes in the film, um, particularly one on a ridge. Um, but overall, uh, the script is okay. Um, it's a very good example of hero's journey for any screenwriters like their budding screenwriters i'd definitely look at it if you you know looking to understand the hero's journey strips scripts structure more um yeah but is it one of his best no um i don't think it is and i kind of wish i saw it in a cinema uh yeah because you can tell paul greengrass and everyone involved yeah really wanted to make a western um a lot of beautiful shots and it's something a bit similar to The Searchers, John Force The Searchers, where it's got beautiful wide angles. Um, and it's a shame I couldn't have seen it in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of, you know, the painful things for us at the moment is yeah. that, you know, we can't really do anything at the moment yeah. um, in terms of cinemas. You know, we're going to miss a ton of films because of... Um, HBO Max, things like um, yeah, yeah, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla vs Kong, um, Snyder Cut, Justice League. You know, we're not going to yeah. see that at all. Um, which you know, it, it's painful. But you know, um, if you live in the UK, you'll know about you know the whole roadmap thing. And you know, apparently by April, hopefully, yeah, things indoor hospitality will be reopening. So, um, yeah. Yeah, returns to the cinema. Uh, hopefully, hopefully in sight. You know, we haven't it. actually been to the cinema together yet, man. Uh, no, I know that is yeah. something that we need to sort out. Obviously, yeah. as, as soon as we're given the uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to go and we'll have to go and yeah. we'll have to see something. Release. Even if we, even if we can catch a classic, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, that's not that. That's one thing that I suppose um, the beginning of like the first sort of lockdown did. Yeah, you know, enable was all of the classics were getting re-releases. You know, because obviously people weren't putting new content out. So, you know, it was it was quite good in that respect. I mean, I caught what did I catch? I caught like um, Back to the Future. Yeah, I um, did as I think well. I, went, I I only went twice. I saw um, Back to the Future and Tenet. I want to talk about Tenet a little bit later on yeah, in the episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to We that. haven't actually said this yet, but um, the theme of this episode is sort of like favourite cinema moments and films to see on a big screen. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on because yeah. that's the that I really want to rant about. Oh, um, 100%. 100%. But, um, but news of the world, man. Um, I think, again, there's cinema moments... It, it, it definitely, I think, deserves the cinema treatment. Uh, yeah. So if you can catch it in cinema. But Tom Hanks, and um, there's a girl in it. Um, he takes, she's a German girl, I believe. And she basically, um, she, when she went moved over to the US, she 
she got caught up with uh, some Native Americans, so she she learned their um, their language and everything they do. Basically, that's what she knows. She knows nothing about um, any any other culture, but you know the Native American culture. Yeah, and it was her and Tom Hanks's character who goes around um, um, states reading the news to people uh, who you know don't have time or I guess aren't literate he'd, he'd read newspapers to people um which again yeah. is a relevant subject in itself and how people get the oh, news yeah, now and porn. with obviously with modern it, i do think it has a lot of really good topics and themes that are so relevant now today um how people interpret the news and how people are read the news for you know even down to storytelling now it's so important through lockdown i mean whether you've been reading um like literature watching films, watching yeah. TV shows, that sort of thing. And it shows as human nature, we thrive on stories. But yeah. the chemistry between these two characters and understanding how language as well, um, how language can change someone's perception of a thing or the world. Um, and some of the best moments of the film just came from Tom Hanks' character, this little girl, who's brilliant, by the way. Um, not sure her name, I'll find out, but she's... Their chemistry together is... It, He's great, and I, I think the highlight of the film. But overall, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 at times it was a little slow. Um, the pacing does drop off occasionally. Um, yeah. But overall, I, I definitely recommend people checking it out. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Um, Helen is, is that That's That's the girl. Is that her name? She was great. Yeah. To be honest, I've been doing a... Um, I've been doing some re-watching. Um, over the uh, the past week yeah. or so, um, but, um, what did I watch? Um, there was actually a new watch for me of an older film. That um, obviously, if you have Disney Plus, you'll know that the price has gone up, and there's some new content on there. Oh, star in it, star. The star content, and um, I was sort of browsing through that, and I was. Um, I've always been meaning to watch um, High Fidelity, starring John oh, Cusack. Yeah, yeah. And um, I gave it a watch um, about three days ago. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty fucking good, to be fair. Um, obviously, it was. It's kind of like a, um, like a kind of cheesy slash pretentious, you know, uh, rom com. It sort kind of, thing. of reminds me of um, uh, when I watched. I haven't seen it for a few years now, but similar to like uh, something like Annie Hall. Um, yeah, uh, but, yeah. But it's it's so pretentious, but in a funny like it's overly pretentious to like a point where it's funny. Yeah, and um, that's the and like honestly, I thought I thought it was um, pretty brilliant. Like I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, anywhere near or as good as it was. Yeah. Like I didn't think it was going to be, you know, that sort of. Thing. And it is, it is kind of like a cult classic now because, um, you know, it barely broke even at the box office. So I think yeah. they only turned over like a couple of million. And you know, Jack Black's great. John Cusack's great. Um, I'd argue, it's, but yeah, it, it was... might be. Um... Jack Black's it's it's kind of for me like an iconic role for him. Uh, it's it yeah because it, it was you know it was like his breakout um a couple of years before like Pick of Destiny was yeah. released, and that was sort of like his breakout 
and it is it is like when like I um I don't think there's many of Jack Black's films that I actually haven't seen and um like yeah it quite it really does stand out for me um yeah alongside like the pick of destiny um you know school of rock that sort of stuff yeah. and um the music incorporated into the film is just brilliant as well um after reading it i actually uh, after watching it sorry i actually picked up the book um written by nick hornby, nick hornby i yeah. managed to yeah i picked that up and um i've been reading that and it's and it's brilliant um trying to think of what else i've actually what um along with the star content i um i rewatched the life aquatic with steve Sizzle, um as well um and that was that was one of wes anderson's that um really i didn't dislike but it was always one of you know my my sort of lesser favorite ones yeah it, it was a strange one it's the only one where like of um like it, it, it was because it, i want to say it was panned when it came out uh, I uh, yeah i mean it, it was always one of the ones that like i didn't hate but like uh, I, I didn't really sort of i, I guess connect with it because yeah. I was I watched it when I was a bit younger and I haven't seen it for a few years now. But like, given it a rewatch, um, I'd say I'd say I connect with it a bit more. I'd I'd say it was definitely better than I originally yeah yeah thought it was. And um, yeah, that was a nice rewatch. I rewatched um the Darjeeling the Darjeeling Limited as well. Yeah yeah. Um, which you know I've always held in pretty high regard um brilliant brilliant casting you know oh yeah um one of anderson's best um i think rushmore and grand budapest are also on there um i'll probably give them a rewatch oh i would be fair yeah that'd be that'd be quite good because uh, isn't um when is when is his uh his new one coming out oh the, the french, french dispatch, dispatch um yeah. i'm not 100% sure if it's been given a new date yet, but um, I think the initial release was for January twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it says here that it that was the release date in Slovakia, but um, yeah, that that I'd be curious to see because I do need to rewatch some. I haven't seen Grand Budapest in yeah. years, man. Grand Budapest is, you know, brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is expected late 2021, so maybe maybe we'll have to go and see that together. Oh, 100, 100. Um, when that's finally released. Um, so shall we get into the actual sort of topic of um of of the show here? So. Today we're going to talk about you know those iconic cinema moments, um, uh, our favourite yeah, cinema moments. Um, so I just I think so, some of the ones that that I have um, written down, I think I think could be quite generic. Um, I think are they they probably they probably are quite generic, but um, yeah. You know, I'm 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 not too fussed because you know, 
I've picked them because they are genuinely, you know, some of yeah. the most important moments in um in cinema. Well, so um, I, I I'm similar in some ways. Um, I've gone for a few ones that weren't necessarily great films, but I just had a good time in the screening or just hilarious time. Yeah. Um, I've got one where it was a, like a terrible one, but it was it was like hilarious, but it, it was also lost my hope in humanity. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought this was as well with the idea of the greatest like cinema moments we've had. Um, I read uh, last month's issue of Empire Magazine. Um, yeah, with the greatest um, cinema moments, and I was like, oh, yeah, in the great context. And if you, if anyone hasn't read it, it's five pounds, and it was a really very good yeah, read. Um, I, I do like Empire, um, and obviously with Edgar Wright's piece. And if anyone's listening to the podcast yeah. with Edgar Wright, and then He's done one with Tarantino as well. Um, great. Yeah, but um, so do do you want to do you want to go for your first your first cinema moment? Yes. Um, so I think this is going to come as a, as a kind of a surprising one, really. Um, yeah. But it was a Pixar film. Um, All it, right. It was Inside Out, and it's a film that I oh, I man. really like, but. I haven't seen it since it's been in cinema, and I saw it in. Yeah. It's sort of a moment where, I, like, Pixar do storytelling so well. Um, yeah. Their screenplays are perfect, and it was the first time in the cinema where I was like, it. It kind of blew me away with the whole idea of it, um, and I was I was really happy with because Inside Out because obviously recently Soul came out, um, which, yeah. is, which is great. And it, it, I had the similar feelings that with Inside Out that it, the storytelling and human nature is and human nature especially is what interests me the most with storytelling, um, like emotions, yeah. how people react to certain things, and I suppose technically the human psychology as well because it, it's just really interesting to me. And um, Inside Out was one of those moments where it, I, I want to say I was really in love with cinema, but it's one of those films that you watch when I saw it in cinema. Um, yeah, I came up six years ago 100%. now, so I was like thirteen, and I was like, oh, you know, like I, I actually want to do something in this medium. Um, I mean, Pixar and Amazing, you don't really have to mention, but it was like a full cinema, um, and I remember yeah. like people around me, you know, crying. Uh, <laughs> obviously, with the, uh, I don't know, can can we spoil Inside Out? Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's old enough, I right? I mean, like sure. you said, it's like six so years old. An imaginary friend called uh, Bing Bong for short. And, Bing um, Bong. Yeah. Uh, obviously, being 13 as well, you're sort of making that transition into like teenager, heard him from it like a child as well. And um, the imaginary friend dies. Um, really sad moment. And I noticed like people around me like getting emotional to it. And it was the first time I sort of noticed is like an audience interacting with a film in the cinema. Um, yeah, and yeah, that I just remember looking around, people sobbing. You know, like that was somewhere it showed me the power of storytelling, the power of cinema. You know, yeah. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I also want cinemas to just carry on existing because to just <laughs> like, yeah, um, we don't want them to die out. And then you know, over you know a, a kids' film at the end of the day, technically, I mean, Pixar is much more than that, but Pixar films always have been, but. Just seeing that around me, I'll never yeah. forget that moment. 
Yeah. So the the first the first moment that I want to talk about was um, it it wasn't it wasn't too long ago. Um, so myself, um, one of my friends, Joseph, and another of my friends, Daniel, who has been on the show before. Um, Star Wars prequels they, episode. They, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's a good, good episode. Go go check this out. Go check it out. Um, but um, anyway, we managed to uh get tickets to um to go and see Avengers Endgame at midnight. And obviously, you know, this is one of the biggest finales in cinema yeah. history, you know, ending, well, ending, you know, kind of the first main story arc of one of the longest running franchises ever. And, um, yeah, you know, it was great because, um, you know, I, I was hungover. Um, we'd just been to McDonald's and I'd necked two espressos. And, you know, we were like, we were, we were all like so nervous because obviously this franchise, you know, even though not all of it has been, you know, even necessarily good. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, this is the end to one of the, you know, biggest series that, you know, we've paid attention to, you know, we've analyzed every detail because we're huge fucking nerds, you know, (laughs) and, um, it was crazy, and um, I think I'm go- I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it here just a little bit. But um, obviously, this was like a crowd that has been waiting for this film for like ten years, yeah. and um, you know, the f- like right near the end of the film, like the last twenty minutes. I mean, even throughout the film, the crowd is extremely interactive, and you know, I'm not I'm not even complaining. You know, it like normally I'd like people talking and shit. It would really piss me off, but like everybody was doing the same thing. Like everybody was like discussing and stuff, and it was great. Yeah. And um, you know that there's a scene where um, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, it just it 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 is like flying across the screen, and you don't know where it's going because Thor is um, pinned down by Thanos. Yeah. And um, Ca- Captain America was then shown wielding um, Mjolnir, and it was one of the most crazy things I've ever witnessed. You know, it's it's like you know the um, the videos of like England scoring at the Euros, and the whole crowd just yeah, goes like yeah, apeshit. Yeah. It was literally like the exact copy of one of them. Everybody's like jumping up and screaming. There's fucking popcorn everywhere and shit and it was like absolutely fantastic like even though endgame didn't you know turn out to be this cinematic masterpiece you know it wasn't the most incredible film i've ever seen but that moment it really you know it really showed the power of cinema yeah, you know yeah the fact that a screen it was a massive screen as well yeah you know they've been they've become so invested in this series that, you know, that happened and like the whole place just went fucking nuts. It, it was one of like, it was one of the best cinema moments I've ever, ever experienced. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got the whole argument at the moment. Um, 
kind of stemmed from Mike Scorsese, uh, funnily enough. Um, what, uh, yeah. Know, what what is you know what is cinema etc. And I I mean I will I will in all fairness I, I think he has been misquoted a lot and a lot of people misinterpreted what he's saying. Yeah. A lot of it I wouldn't actually agree with. Um, but it shows I think anything more than ever, especially with Endgame and Infinity War. Um, it shows still the power of an audience being there. Um, and that's yeah, how it always argue that cinemas will always be around. Of course. Um, I mean, you know, it is just like, I mean, I had a similar experience with when I went to see The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. But it was like the opposite way around. And everybody was like on their feet and they were booing. And, you know, they they were laughing because of how ridiculous yeah, this yeah. film is. Um, but, like, it is, it's like the power of cinema is just, yeah. you know... Um, I, I'd, I'd argue that it's no it's no different to a gig. Oh, no. Know, it's, getting people involved in the cinema is just as important yeah. as as getting people involved yeah, at a gig, 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, that's a good leeway into Star Wars, that is. Um, it's another one that... I remember a lot and I adore um, is uh, Force Awakens. Um, for me, yes. that moment at the end, whether you know you agree with the rest of the film or not, um, which, you know, you could also argue that the next moment was actually ruined by Ryan Johnson, whatever side you're on. Uh, I do. <sighs> I didn't love that moment, but uh, I do like uh, Last Jedi, but that's, that's, that, that's, that's for the Star Wars episode if you want to go back and visit them. Um, yeah, but that moment where obviously the last few steps she's going up, and um, you know Luke Skywalker talks to her, turns around the Force theme. Uh, it was just one of those powerful yeah. moments. That you're like, you know, wow. Um, well, I I I remember going to see um, the Force Awakens. I'm trying to think how old I was because it came out in 2015. I was 15. If I'm 15. 2015, if I'm it not came wrong, out. which would have made, which which is like six oh. years ago, which would have made me like twelve, which is making me feel like super old right now, because like I remember it like it was yesterday, because you would have been like similar age, yeah, like I'm, 13. I'm sorry, 2017. Why do I have 2017 on my brain? I, I think it's 2015. Let me just no, take a quick sure. look. 2015, like, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. That is like awful, but like yeah, I remember going to see it, and um, basically my like local um, like I think it was an Odeon. I went to see it, and they were doing like earlier screenings in the yeah. morning. So I think I went to see it for like eight o'clock, and I went with like my dad, and it was like crazy because like even even though again even though it wasn't like the best film, and I would argue that it's. Uh, apart from some of uh, like some of it, it is very subtly a carbon copy of yes. a New Hope. Um, but like still, it was like I I've grown up even if it's seen like the Millennium Falcon, you know, it's still a powerful scene. You know that film yeah, could have been dog shit. Yeah, that's still, what I'm saying. Nostalgia does. You know what anyone <laughs> it, says? Nostalgia still has an impact on an audience. Um, yeah, and it was like I I've grown yeah. up, you know, I've grown up watching Han Solo, and I've grown up, you know, watching Luke in the original trilogy. Um, you know, I've grown up with the prequels and you know stuff like Clone yeah. Wars, and Star Wars had like a huge impact on me. And then 
you know, for, for Force Awakens to get announced. I mean, I remember when it was announced. I remember just being like, oh, yeah. my God, you know, they're carrying on Star Wars. I mean, now I wish they didn't. You see? You know, you see? I, I wish that the sequels had, had never happened. But at the time, I was like, damn, they're carrying on Star Wars. And I was like, this is the most mental, batshit, crazy thing to have yeah. ever happened. This is like, this is like, you know this is what my life has been leading up to and stuff like that. And, you know, it was crap. But, see, I, <laughs> but I don't like... hate The Force Awakens. I was like, okay, it's not bad. I don't think... I think it was a safe introduction to the trilogy. Um... Yeah. I, I think I think the reason why it has left such a sour taste in my mouth is really because it's been jaded by the other two see, films yeah. for me. The other two films were, you know, absolutely sickeningly poor attempts See, I'll always stops. make the point that I, I really like The Last Jedi um, yeah I know you so, do so you know <laughs> the things that I, 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 I don't think... like in it but the things that everything yeah. I do really like in it as well um, I can't I've got no forgiveness for me... the Rise of Skywalker that was terrible that was one of the worst things I have ever seen in my life, and and I'll argue with the Last Jedi that technically it's brilliant, direction wise, you know, the cinematography. The problem, I think, the problem with the rise of the Skywalker is that JJ Abrams was like trying to undo everything, and I'm like, ah. You know that, I mean? you, yeah, I mean, obviously, you have the redemption of Ben at the end, and you know the bringing back of oh, Palpatine that no one fucking asked for. So that's just diminished. It's like, Anakin's arc. Anakin's. Uh, and, this is uh, what I'm saying. The original like, we really need to say this for another kind of Star Wars episode. This, but I think we need to go for it again, especially Anakin's art yeah. in detail. But like it, li- it literally makes the entirety of Star Wars completely pointless because you know if if Palpatine wasn't killed, then Anakin so, didn't I'd bring balance, and if Anakin didn't bring balance, up, right? Because for me, I the. The best, the best arc across the trilogy, and the person that I think was so good in um in each of them. Like I think even people who didn't like Last Jedi would probably agree that um <clears throat> Adam Driver's Kylo Ren was perfectly set up. Yeah, for that because everything you're know, killing Snoke and everything, like it just shows his rise. And then the downfall is just so disappointing in the third one. And then bring up Palpatine. Yeah, stupid. I mean. This is this is exactly what I'm saying. I mean, Kylo Ren and Adam Driver easily the strongest part of the of, of, yeah. of the trilogy. You know, he unlike so many of the other characters like Finn and Poe, and I'd even argue Ray. He has real yeah. development. You know, in in the Force Awakens, he's kind of struggling with his power. You know, and he keeps lashing out, and then. In the Last Jedi, you know, he kind of takes control of the it's power. Like he Luke kills Snoke, and he's like, obviously, with his father, is like, is that father was gonna? It, yeah. It, for me, it's like everything. Um, that whole arc with uh, Han Solo, Leia, and Kylo. Ren, I don't think that was spl- explored enough for me because I feel like they could really put a lot of money and all their bets on that. Yeah. As much as as much as I can see people's criticism for Last Jedi, and I don't think it's a perfect film at all. Um, there's so many things I, I do take issue with, but everything 
everything I think it does, yeah. everything it kind of takes risks on, I think it does really well. And I do like, I think I do like Luke's arc in Last Jedi, which a lot of people may find unpopular. And the things I don't agree with, but I think his whole arc in that film is really good. And it's quite good. And, uh, yeah. It's kind of, I like how everyone always hates the part where like he kind of rips into the Jedi, but come on, man. The, Je- the Jedi are stupid. <laughs> There's no time. See, this is, this is one of the things that I like again. The Last Jedi, you know, it, it with the sequels altogether, it kind of it's they just all untie the original films because you know, in the Last Jedi, you know, Luke Luke was never portrayed that way. Yeah, you know, he was never hero. you know set yes. up to become like a moody it's bastard. Like, you can't help it. Like, just to a bit head, man. It's like. <laughs> It's like, it's like but I, I kind of see it, like I don't why they did it. I like it. that because looking back at that position now, if I was given the chance to direct Last Jedi, uh, we'll write it as well. I'd probably yeah. have the set a similar arc for you. Yeah, yeah. For me, I understand it, but I, I don't, I don't really like it. I, I think my issue with this with Ray's character, especially like I don't issue with Ray herself because I think she's a could be a really interesting character. You can't have yeah. Luke Skywalker be the hero at the end of the day. And let's say if he was the hero no. and you know he was the Luke we always knew, he wouldn't he would not have that impact he would have. Because the last year is great, you know, everything with no. the whole um when it, you know he he okay, it's it sounds dumb it is dumb in my head, but you know when he like he uh, what you call it himself <sighs> to uh Kylo Ren in a fight and he's um, like he, yeah, I, it's, I suppose it's like a yeah. project, projection. Project, he projects himself. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I can kind of see how people see it's done, but I, I don't think it's that bad. And I think it, it was directed anyway. It's quite yeah. a powerful scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna move on to my next one now, and um, my next one is Logan. Um. So Logan is a memorable one for me. Um, it's like it was one of the first sort of like 15s that I you know yeah. had to sneak into because I was like a couple of months off Um, and I, I remember oh, I I did the old um, buy a ticket for one film and oh yeah into that's, another. That's, that's, that's a classic I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what I bought a ticket for it may have been like the Lego Batman movie yeah. or something like that and um I ended up seeing that anyway, but um, yeah, and again, not only is Logan a huge shot of nostalgia, it is fucking fantastic. It is one of, if not the best superhero films yeah, out there. I'd agree with that. I haven't seen it in a while. Last time I saw it was in black and white, actually, with the whole Blu-ray. Oh, the noir. The noir. The, the noir version is um you know it really yeah, adds something yeah. i i remember when like um i picked up the blu-ray and i remember like going through the features and they were like noir and i thought oh all right that 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 could be okay and i remember watching it and i was like wow that you know this really adds that like extra layer yeah to the film but um, yeah, it, it was one. It was one of those. It was one of those films where, again, growing up with you know X Men, 
and Hugh Jackman as mm. Wolverine. And it and it was, you know, that big sort of send off, you know, it's not like he left it open. Everybody knew yeah. it was his last yeah. last film in the role. And, you know, that send off at the end, you know, it was ju- it was just one of those things where it was like I kind of didn't see it coming. I mean, he was kind of just, you know, thrown on a tree. And um, w- one of the things for me was that it was, you know, incredibly brutal. I mean, his, e- even in, like, like throughout the film, you know, when he was fighting, it, was, it wasn't like the other X-Men movies. It was no holds barred, absolute gore fest. And then even in his death, you know... Um, it wasn't dignified. He was, you know, yeah, brutally yeah. murdered. And, um, you know, not only that, but, you know, the film juggles, you know, the greater themes like, you know, his depression, you know, him really just not wanting to live. You know, every, everything from those mature themes to the brilliant direction from James Mangold to, you know, the way it looks, um, it, it was just one of those films for me where I sat down, I watched it, and you know, even the send off of Patrick Stewart as well. It was, yeah, yeah. it was emotional. It was brutal. It was, it was, it was be, one of the films. Know. It it was what every X Men fan has wanted, like since you know Brian Singer's X Men. Yeah, yeah. It was just. It was a really incredible, incredible send off for Wolverine. It was, it was just yeah. very good. I think I mean, my next one, going for a little bit more modern one and bringing it back to uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, it was probably yeah. one of the more recent ones, definitely as well. Um, was uh, yeah. some in Hollywood uh, story in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, I mean, strange enough. Yeah, there's an episode on that. Yeah, it was. Go awesome. check it out. <laughs> strange enough, actually, uh, a few months, uh, te- technically speaking, which it does feel like a while ago, a few months before. Um, yeah. The inevitable. Uh, about six months before the lockdown. Um, so. Um, I, th- I think yeah, it was a yeah. little while. Yeah. Before. So. Before the um, lockdown. Again, it was the first Tarantino film I saw in cinema. Um, I think it's definitely what well, I've seen. He's one of the directors everyone's aware of, even if you're not into film. But there's so many beautiful moments in that film, and it's so worth seeing on the big screen. Um, the production yeah. design is brilliant. Uh, it felt like I was going to watch, going to the cinema 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or in the 70s where, you know, People going in for an old-fashioned picture, um, and I really, really like that. Um, I don't think any director ever has that feel now, apart from Tarantino. Um, yeah, I mean, Tarantino has has the ability to sort of really go for it. I mean, the yeah. set design and the costume design in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, you know, yeah. it's second to none. And as well as it, you know, um, despite many, um, despite what many critics say, um, oh, I'd say one of the strongest well. films, um, definitely. 
Um, it's just it like it's such a fan. Like obviously, it's you know it's oftentimes you know misinterpreted um, and sold as a, a Manson film, mm. and it's it's kind of it's it's not what it is. It's you know it's yeah, it's, a, an, it's, an, it's, it's an homage it's an to, to Hollywood, and, you know. And the- the golden, the golden age of Hollywood. And, it's, you know, it's kind of the old of the change in time. That sort. And it's sort. kind of, it, I, I mean, in ways, yeah. I mean, I've seen like it's like a metaphor for Tarantino now. You know, these, it's an, it's an aging actor, the TV actor who can't make that switch over into film. Um, you know, so many films are embracing the digital yeah. age. Um, bringing back to the Scorsese film with, you know, the argument with just films are turning more into content, not art as such. Um, and, it's a perfect yeah. ode to Los Angeles. It's a perfect Los Angeles film as well. Um, but I felt like I was going back yeah. in time, um, even going into the cinema, even though, you know, I did watch it on a digital project- projection, unfortunately. Um, I felt like I was going back in time. To yeah. Watch in the 70s picture show, you know. Um, Leo and Brad Pitt are great. Uh, it's Perfect. The chemistry there is, you know, but did, you know really, did anyone expect really anything less? You know, as Brad Pitt, um, Leo, um, and you know, you know down yeah. to, even down to, um, I, I'd argue it's, it's Tarantino's most mature film as well, and one of my favourite moments, uh, you know, obviously Sharon Tate just going around her day, you know, like the whole Manson situation has kind of overshadowed her as a person and as an actor, you know, like she was an, she was a star, you know, going to be a star. Um, so just watching her go yeah. out a day and Margot Robbie's brilliant but my favourite scene perfectly yeah. that I think sums up Tarantino's really Odin love for Los Angeles and cinema in general is the out of time I know what you're going to uh, say here Stones montage everything all lighting up in yeah. Los Angeles and if lo- anyone knows anything about that on. obviously the Manson family on that day it, it happened and you see all the lights come in Los Angeles it's, it's eerie and it's, it gave me goosebumps and uh, it's a film I'd love to go and see again. Yeah. If the opportunity. If 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 it ever re-releases, um. So so one of like my last my well my last one that I prepared for anyway, um, is not necessarily a good experience, but nevertheless, it's an experience that you know I enjoyed. I was excited to watch, and um. In the end, it was just it was really disappointing for me personally, and that's that's Tenet. So obviously, with um, the whole COVID situation, um, cinema going was very difficult, mm-hmm. especially in the UK. And um, Tenet was one of you know the um, films the, it that was it meant got to release. Save cinema and you know, <laughs> it, it was meant to save cinema, <laughs> and I was so excited. And yeah, you know it, it did. did it completely you know, fucking bombed, really, and you know. in um, it was it was bad. It it was just like it's not even to to be honest. I'm so like sort yeah. of fifty fifty about it. Even now, I mean, I've seen I've seen it twice, and you know, I'm I'm still, you know, was it actually you know sort of meant to be Nolan's masterpiece? You know, because it was. It was one of those films where it was so like mind-bogglingly like i don't even know if i you know if it has if it's um, the right for me to call it intelligent i'm not i'm still not sure my issue with tenet especially is um 
with with Nolan, you know, you had these beautiful visual spectacles, these crazy, you know, like you look back to you the uh, low gravity sequence in um, Inception, um, but his yeah. films, like he was one of the filmmakers you could guarantee of completely understanding story structure perfectly. You look at Memento; uh, it's yeah. such a complex and... film, and to carry that out perfectly, pacing like. For me, you you could always rely on uh, Nolan with it for his story structure. Tenet, was yeah, but t- Tenet sort of narratively wise, it it was it was really messy, and you know it, it's gotten to the point where even now it's like it's a like I really don't remember yeah, too yeah. much of it at all. It's really it's a really forgettable watch and I mean the sound yeah. the sound production on I'm the not... film's a mess as well. I mean I remember sitting in the cinema and yeah. everything was booming apart from the dialogue. Yeah. I, I mean I don't <laughs> know if that, like... I, I I know there's a lot of people like sorry from I never really understood the creative choice for that really. Um I yeah I mean I didn't I see at the time I really thought because because I went to see it I, I think a couple of days after it was released and obviously doing a lot of home watching I hadn't been to the cinema in a while I was quite used yeah. to watching things with subtitles and because like even now at home I like sometimes it takes me a while to adjust yeah. back to watching things without subtitles so I tend to always have them on and it was one of those things where, like, is it just because I miss the subtitles? But, like, you know, after reading, you know, hundreds of reviews and really, like, going, like, yeah, it was just a steaming hot pile. You know, it's yeah. really bad. And um, it's one of those things where, like, I, like, obviously I would never want it to, you know, destroy oh, no, Nolan. Like, and I don't think what, it will. What it still does well, you know, you can but, clearly see his talent as a filmmaker. It's, for me, it's a spectacle. I don't think it's as bad as you, personally, I don't think it's as bad as you think it is. Um, I was just disappointed, down, more disappointed yeah. than anything, because, I mean, you know, look at Dunkirk, it was always very tight, you know. His films were, well, no matter how, com- even Inception, you know, yeah. like, it was perfectly the story structure, you know, like, it was sort of... yeah. With, with with how poorly like the pacing of it as well, which I always had issues with with Tenet, is that it was like Tarantino writing yeah. a film with it, it was terrible way dialogue. Too long, it felt to me. Um, yeah, like yeah, I mean, even the cast. Like I enjoyed watching um, John David Washington yeah. and Robert Pattinson. Um, Aaron Taylor it, Johnson well, was um, quite good as well. Yeah, and, and you know, I actually think Kenneth Branagh did um, a good job, and it and it was one of those things where it's like I was confused because you know how could the casting, and you know how can it look so good, and how can you know he have casted this so well, but how can you know um, the story yeah. be such a letdown, you know, it, it seemed like it was rushed, especially towards the end of the film. I got to the, I got to the point where I genuinely just thought, you know, he was trying to get it over with yeah. for the last half an hour. I, I thought like the sound, the soundtrack like, um, w- was fairly good too. Like, and it was, ju- it was just how, how was, you know, so much of this been a letdown, but, 
there are still so many things that stand out. It was, it was, it was really, it was a really yeah. difficult I mean, watch it's, for me. I'll be interested to go back. I haven't seen it now for since it was. I saw it twice when it was released. Um, it's it's a strange one. I was just yeah. sort of dis- again, like you know, like t- Chris Miller was always this talented, like visual filmmaker, anyway. But his talent of understanding story as well um, was always, you know, he's big. I mean, I look back to Dunkirk. I re- recently we watched Dun- Dunkirk, which I really love, by the way. Um, I love more than that first time I watched it. Um, yeah, and it. Tenet felt like, I mean, visually, I mean, I think it was still amazing. It was just, it was, it had, it just wasn't, yeah, it was, I think the best way I could throw it was just, it was messy. Um, and then the sound mixing was shocking. Um, yeah. I never understood that. Yeah. So, um, do you want, do you want to move on yeah, to your, your um, last this greatest quite cinema an underrated moment. one. Um, because I've, I've got like the, the, I think, you know, Inside Out, um, Fort Awakens and Once Upon a Hollywood are ones that everyone would sort of, you know, okay, you know, that quite on the money ones. Um, so I'd say let's go for one that's off the money. Uh, yeah. It was 2018's Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah. Really? You know, I, I still haven't got around to, it was one uh, of those ones to where watching it yet. I was there and... Um, you know when there's nothing that you want to see on, but you're like, oh, you know, I want to go and see some at the cinema. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I like Mark Wahlberg as a person, um, inspiring dude who doesn't, you know, big up Marky Mark. Huh. Um, and I saw Rose Bell yeah. was in it, um, and Octavia Spencer. I was like, ah, yeah, what's all this about? And then um, I saw that it was uh, directed by the guy who did Daddy's Home, and I was like, oh. But I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Oh, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg's a likable dude. and Daddy's Home, you know, which is not yeah. great, but I think, you know, Mark Wahlberg definitely carries and Wolfe carry that film massively. Um, and I really liked yeah. it in some family. Uh, I, I'd say the weakest part is the direction of it. Um, and it's, it is very yeah. lighthearted at times. Um, but it, as it, you know, like, um, it's, it's basically about Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne are a married couple and they adopt three children. Uh, one's a teenager, one's like a nine or ten year old, and then one's like a really young kid. Um, and I like it doesn't capture like the the, the real down dirty of like um, adopting children. I assume um, it's still got the very Mark Wahlberg, yeah, Daddy's Home feel. Um, but you know, it, it does have some really deep deep moments. Yeah, and, uh, I watched it in like an empty cinema. Um, I was with a few friends, right? Yeah. It's not really a film that you imagine, like, oh, the boy going go with the boys to see, but uh, we, we sat through we sat through instant go family. With the boys. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone was almost in tears at the end. There's uh, a scene where um, the older girl, and it, it, it was one of those films where it's just got so much heart, um, and the chemistry is there, and you know, despite yeah. some really uninspired direction, um, it's definitely worthy, like, the yeah. time and the investment. Because uh, it's just the old, it's just so well intentioned as yeah. well. And a pretty good soundtrack by I think Dan Al Dan Alback from the Black Keys is part of it. But I just had such a good time with it, and it was such emotional. Oh and, you yeah, know, like it shows that you don't have to be Tarantino or uh, be a Star Wars or Pixar to tell such a well intentioned good story. Yeah, that that's a really cool pick there 
Um, what I want to do quickly, um, obviously, we are both, you know, fairly oh, young. Oh, yeah, I mean, I can't, and, we know, can't really have like, yeah, arguably, I mean, we're watching Raging Bull in the cinema, we, everyone hated it, and we really liked it, you know? That's, yeah. So, like, obviously, we've missed quite a lot of, yeah. you know, big films in in cinema. What, what give, give me, just, like, quick fire, give me, like, your five top films that you wish you'd have been around or been old enough to see in cinema? Okay, that's, that's, that is a very, very good question. Um, one, which I wish I saw with friends, um, would be Days of Confused. Um, it's one of my favourite films of all yeah. time. Days of Confused would have um, been. There's nothing much I can say. Link that is a genius. As I've already mentioned earlier with the, the whole before trilogy run. Um, yeah. <laughs> what what we'll do, what we'll what we'll do quickly. Um in a in a couple I'm of weeks' time, we'll do a link later episode. We'll 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 do it. We'll do a link later episode, you know, yeah. School of Rock, Dazed and Confused. Before yeah, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll have cool. a little binge over the next like couple of weeks. And then when we've seen yeah. everything, we'll um, do a link later episode. I'm down for that. I'm gonna have to say the Godfather. Uh, you have to just be immersed in that cinema. Um, yeah, 100%. Going back even further now, I'd say Casablanca would be a good one. Seeing like a whole 40s audience, Ooh, that'd just be that's awesome a very good pick. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> you see, one thing that I've always really liked, um, are exploitation films. Um, and I love to go to like a double yeah. feature of a um, exploitation film. Yeah. So I'd like to watch one, um, which is it's it's really like it's pure exploitation. It's it's best. Uh, it's sleazy. It's dirty. And it's just it's it's yeah. great. It's called um, Malibu High School. Um, it's about a girl who's um, yeah. She's failing at school, so she decides to <laughs> use her body and um, to like upper grades. Like she sleeps with all the teachers. She gets yeah. like a drug dealer, and like she becomes quite well known in the drug dealer world. And it, it's a rags to riches kind of, and then the fall of her and everything. Uh, it's it's just pure exploitation set in yeah. Malibu. Um, it's it's so much fun, um, and I'd love to go to an exploitation to see one of them. Yeah. So I'm gonna put Malibu High School for one of them because it's one I watched recently. Yeah. And then oof. I'm trying to not be generic here, but I, I, I feel like I kind of need. I really want to say I'm not gonna say Star Wars. Yeah. Because uh, that's quite an easy one. Um, yeah. <sighs> oh yeah, that's that's a di- that's a difficult. But one more, one more. Um, Oh, there's so many. See, I, I kind of want to use like a Rebel Without a Cause pick as well because obviously it's an iconic film for the generation. But uh, yeah, 100%. I'm gonna go generic Jurassic Park. I think would be cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. Do you want more, mine? Mine are fairly generic. Um, yeah, that number really one, I've one. got Inception, which you know when in, when Inception. I feel like see, I feel like I've got when a good Inception came out. It was like either two thousand. To be honest, I feel like I probably could. 
I think I was like seven or eight when it came out. So obviously I didn't see it, but I did see it like, I think it was like a year or two, maybe like a couple of years after it came out. Um, I feel like that would have been like incredible to see on the big screen, you know, kind of like Tenet, but good. You know, I feel like that would have been really good. Um, The next one I've got is The Departed. Um, The Departed is arguably one of my favourite Scorsese films. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's in that as well. (laughs) You know. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Mark Wahlberg for the win. Um, He must have been toxic in that film about 2,000 times. I think... Oh, that's such a good (laughs) script. Oh, man. But... It, like it's just such a cool, you know, gangster drama, and even though it's quite a long yeah, it, one, yeah, it's paced it really well, and it doesn't feel like it's dragging out. And you know, there are so many like fucking twists, and you know, I mean, um, this I'm, I'm going to completely spoil it here, but this film Rick is Matt like <laughs> fucking fifteen years old. Uh, yeah, and you know, there's a scene in the elevator at the end Watch with the X's, that's what uh, that's, Matt Damon that's, that's and Leo DiCaprio. Watch for the X's. Because uh, there's an X every single time there's like a death yeah. scene. It wasn't Yeah, big, it's it? just like, oh, man. It, yeah, I think it did. Uh, I, I feel it like it really might have done. I, I think it yeah, did. Definitely, yeah. it definitely should have done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Departed, huge one for me. Um, Ooh, next, yeah, Mad one. Max Fury Road. Um, I was just like, I think Mad Max Fury Road came out in 2015, um, which would have put me at like 12. Um, I never would have got in to see it, but I remember seeing it like as soon as it was released Yeah. on, um, on DVD. And like, that would have been fucking awesome to see in cinema it's one of those films where it's literally it like to put it to put it you know simply it is like a two-hour car chase you know and it's awesome you know there's some brilliant action in there you know it's it was a really good revival of mad max i mean normally most of the time um, i hate sort of reboots i mean george miller Um, directed it as well didn't he like it was it was cool because it was like a remake from the dude. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and it and it really it really yeah, did yeah. the original Mad Max justice. Like it really it really did it justice. Um, my next pick is it's kind of generic, but it's out it's out of the box at the same time. Oh, it's, yes, um, Pan, yes. Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I recently um, watched Shape of Gamma Water Toro. and uh, Gamma, I love Gamma um, Del Toro. It's such a yeah, but um, Pan's Labyrinth was like it was a f- it was one of those films for me that I saw from like I wasn't like too young, yeah. but I was yeah. like fairly young, maybe like eleven or twelve, and it was one of those films where you know I really sat down, I really looked in, and I was like, wow, this is you know this is so cool, and I remember um. When I was in secondary, in one of our yeah, Spanish we classes, our we actually, we we actually, yeah, we got to watch it for um for our class, and I remember everybody in the room being like, "What the fuck is this? Why are we watching this shit?" And I was just chilling, 
vibing at the back. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Oh, man, you know, same, I failed same. Spanish. But I was like, this is my kind of Spanish lesson. Uh, I was like, this is yeah. my kind of lesson. Um, I've, I've got two more now. Um, yeah, that would have been good for me. My next one is Hot Fuzz. Um, it really, like, it is horrific that I was five when yeah, Hot so Fuzz came I, out. So it's like, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, Hot Fuzz like one of the best if not the best British comedy oh films yeah action out there. comedy Edgar ones Wright doing better. absolute it's a better bits. action um, comedy than Hot Fuzz like it is like because it's like the perfect balance you have you know the whole last it's, yeah, act it's where comedy, it's, yeah. you know it's a, it's, a, it's made by a guy as well who action. really knows the genre so well yeah that's what I'm saying like he, he is able to perfect it I mean the the whole of the Cornetto trilogy really is a series of action comedies. And, you know, all of them, uh, like, as much as I don't, I, I don't hate The World's End, but it's not my favourite. Yeah. Um, but, like... The World's End is perfect if you're, ha- like, if you're, like, It's really like, just, like, he's really... In the, in the World's End. Yeah. My issue with Hot Fuzz yeah, is ITV2 in the UK. But it, if anyone like, knows that, then... Oh my god! If you live in the UK, obviously there's a channel called ITV2. You know, pretty much confirmed. You know, oh, it will be on maybe once a week at least on ITV2 <laughs> yeah. at like eleven o'clock at night. And it's like you know scrolling through the channels like if you're doing that at that time of night and you're like, oh fucking hot fuzz again. Yeah, I only watched this last week. Good. You know, it's shit like that, but like. It is it is such a good film. Um, my last pick I actually rewatched today, um, and uh, that's super bad. We we we, we had an episode on super bad. I think it was like our second episode. Jesus, um, we have really oh, yeah, we've really got on a lot better at this. Things I'm probably listening but, to like um, ten episodes time to this one. I'm like, oh, this is cringe. Oh, that. That's what I was saying. It's like it's like you know what? Like, well, I can't. I can't I think wait is, till we can like we have like get together and we can we actually only spoke to each other. This is like the third time we spoke to each other with the super bad episode, and um... yeah, because yeah. obviously we met at the Max show, and then we had like I think it was like one yeah. Skype call, and then we recorded the third one. And then we recorded the second one. I think it might have been yeah. like at the end of that same week. But like, yeah, it's mad. Um, I, I can't wait till we can actually, you know, actually go somewhere and record in one place. I yeah. mean, oh, by the way, um, if anyone's in the UK, better. I'm curious. Super Bad um, is on tonight, nine o'clock, Comedy Central. Yeah, generally it is. I saw it earlier, like an advert, yeah. Oh, you know, it? like the thousand like, episodes of Friends I Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I was work- I'm working from home, so I yeah, put in a friend's episode and some of the super bads on. But yeah, it would be good for them to watch. Instead. It's like the perfect like I was gonna say. Wow. I was tempted yeah. to say the first American Pie film because as friends, like it'd just be so funny. It'd be so funny to in fact imagine a double feature oh, of American man. Pie and then Super Bad. So good. That would be fucking like for for me. Super Bad is oh, you know it's the ultimate teen movie you know Jonah Hill 
um, it's just Jonah Hill is incredible. You know, Michael Cera does a great job too. You know, they're trying. That's you know what? It's it's so funny because Michael Cera is like thirty. He looks the same. He acts the same. He doesn't really. Yeah. He he does he doesn't really get cast anymore. I've noticed like he he did like Arrested oh, Development yeah. and he hasn't That's really it, done yeah. like a whole. He was in Molly's Games, strangely enough, a few years ago. Which is uh, which is. Um... Yeah, yeah, I, I remember seeing him in that. But um, yeah, it is it's like the ultimate teen movie. You know, they're trying to get booze, they're trying to get laid, and it's it's so simple. Um. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg did a fantastic job. Seth Rogen did a great job in the film as well. And it is, it's just like the ultimate team movie. And like, I remember my first experience seeing it and I was, you know, laughing out loud. I I still laugh out loud now when I watch it. And it's like, and um, like, I can just imagine seeing it. Even everything from the Richard Pryce, it's so perfect. Like, because I think it's relatable yeah. as well in some yeah. sad way. I think it so much. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it, it is like one of those like stories. Like, I remember a time, like, me and my fr- It's like, um, have you ever had it where, like, all of your friends would be talking and you'd be, like, oh, begging yeah, each other yeah. to, like, hold a sesh at somebody's house so you didn't have to go and get. So, yeah. so you'd be like, oh, you know, just, just message your mom. You'd like all be out and like you'd be like, nah, don't fucking mess you. And it's like, and, and then you get that one poor guy who whose mum oh, says yeah. yes, and his house gets like fucking <laughs> trashed. <laughs> and it's just it, it, it gives me it gives me those. Or, like, it, I know it's obviously re-edited. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It's you can tell it's it, it perfectly captures like teenage life walking. That's what I'm saying. It's just like it's such. Oh, it's perfect. Like the dialogue, like to a T, is it's like perfect. But um, yeah, I th- I think this yeah, gives us yeah. a nice a nice place um, to wrap up the episode. Um, first episode in in seven months. We'll get back on it. Wee, I've actually wee. been um designing a new logo. Um, um, it's kind um, of like the other one, but it looks a bit nicer. I think we always go over the Golden Globes very quickly. Um, oh yeah, yeah definitely. Um, that deserves a little bit of, so, of uh, coverage here. Some some good yeah. some uh, kind of some like good wins there. Um, to be honest, yeah, I thought I thought Mank was going to absolutely yeah. dominate, but uh, Nomadland. That obviously yeah, no, being no, in the UK yeah, we still haven't I, mean, I still haven't seen. Um Chloe Zhao took um you best see, director um, yeah, um, for I, drama. I'm kinda I'm kinda glad that um so I thought it was gonna be David Fincher, but I don't think it's the Fincher at his best. Um but it, it almost it, like it looked gorgeous, but as much as I liked yeah. Mank, I thought it was I was disappointed with it, to be honest as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, you know what? I still haven't seen it. Um, to be honest, I think I've just been Have really put Citizen off Kane? by the fact okay. that you know I've watched Citizen Kane. Then yeah, I, I, I think I'd watch Citizen Kane and then watch Mank. I'd probably say. yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's just like it's very easy with films to be put off because obviously it like I know that like obviously personal opinion is you know important but sometimes it's like especially with a director like david fincher who you know has never really done a film that i've disliked um it's really hard to sort of step into that and you know possibly watch this film and then you know see that it's it's not as good as i wanted it to be and stuff like that um but it's definitely one that um, I need I'm glad to get around. I mean, I, I think to, everyone um, kind of to watch it. it would be that uh, the Trilogy Chicago Seven, uh, Aaron Zorkin would probably win that, um, and he probably did. I can't believe he got directed for he got nominated for yeah. best director though, because um, as much as I didn't think he did a bad job. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I didn't think he did a like like the thing is with. Oh, Sorkin no, is like for me, he's not a director. Yeah, for me, I'll always like me, focus on his writing before I focus on anything else. Funny ones like ah, oh, the Roy Aaron Zorkin is no, is too good to be working with director Aaron Zorkin. Um, that's just a, but I don't think it was that bad. Like Molly's, he's definitely improved since Molly's <laughs> game. Um, but um, yeah, I'm surprised you got the year. It was obviously been 2020, 2021. Yeah. It's not really a normal time. Um, obviously, Borat did pretty well. Yeah. Um, Borat did. Um, to be honest, I was kind of expecting yeah, so to, for Palm Springs to sweep the comedy awards because I've heard such good things, know, and we're Amazon. actually getting it in April to Amazon uh, Prime. Yeah, pro- um, I feel like I'm still out of it as well because like, I see stuff like I have I not seen that yet. That's what I'm saying. It's like. That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't think I've seen, I I don't think no, I've actually no. seen many of the Golden Globe films that were nominated. I, I I feel like I've barely seen any of them, and it is it's just like not being able to see things in cinema it really throws you off because, you know, I I don't want to sit there and I don't want to oh, yeah. you know mank on a laptop or a TV. You know, it's one, especially film about goals and A's Hollywood, and we're watching it on Netflix like. It felt a bit ironic for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. It's like, yeah, obviously, um, you know. Yeah, um, Chadwick Boseman won a posthumous award yeah, for Ma it, Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, no, but again, that, I think that's. Cool, I, I know, haven't got around to seeing it just yet. I've seen clips and but stuff. I, I've heard and the performance. I actually have read know, the screenplay. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. It's I've, like I'm saying, like with Sound of Metal, which I did really like, and I've seen. Oh that. wow! Uh, I had I've read the screenplay before I've seen the film. Yeah. Um. But before you. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it got a nod. Um. I didn't think it was going to win. Obviously, Sound of Metal. Um. But I because um. Yeah. yeah. Didn't uh. Yeah, Riz Ahmed get uh, the best actor nominated. I was happy with that because he did a great job. Um, and I'd recommend Sound of Metal if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. Last night in Miami, it was really good yeah. as well. Both on Amazon. Uh, available. In the UK, if you're in the US. Yeah. I don't know, figure it out. Both on Amazon. <laughs> um... There's always been like... <laughs> Amazon's like, got Netflix some pretty good like, stuff, you know, actually. Just, um... I think scene... They've got their recent years with the awards and stuff, but Amazon's always been like the awards. Yeah. Amazon's always been like, yeah, um, the more 
the more yeah not even lesser known but like the smaller not huge blockbuster films but yeah i mean yeah, you know what even disney plus stuff, is worth um, the money I'm now i'd say next few weeks um if you haven't checked with, out with anyone the star um uh, yeah. they've got some really good stuff so uh i saw the edwards on there which i haven't seen in a while i'm trying to get on blu-ray and i'm hoping they'll, edwards on they'll there. port it to 4K um, eventually but they're still that we're, we're in the early stage of that still um yeah but yeah I'm... <laughs> but um so some impressive still um Everyone's all of family there was, um, guy I think on there posted, like an article um, the about uh uh because it got renewed for another season i think family guy and um what was the article yeah, like, yeah no, I, I refuse to believe that people will sit down and watch an episode of family guy like uninterrupted um Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where it. Un, see, for me, oh, The Simpsons is, you know, the superior um, cartoon show. And fam, Family Guy is very much one of those. It, it, it for, for me anyway, like, I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad, but it is very much for me. Yeah, it was like I think a, um, the Onion a background show. About, like, 100%. Everyone's favorite just... um, background show is renewed from season or something like that yeah yeah it, it is just like again oh, itv2 in the uk America. Um, if you know you know but <laughs> like american dad and family guy you know all of the time and again I mean, like, like for me they are background shows they'll never be i've seen what i've seen of it like it, i don't think like the first there's so many Simpsons though, yeah. man, like after the first like eight seasons, and now it's on like season what, like thirty odd. It's like thirty two, I think. It's like, and, it, it, got, like and it has like it's like, never 20, gonna stop. Like, imagine the last episode of The Simpsons, though. Like, yes, yeah, I mean, so much we'll never stupid like that. Lifetime. Oh, we'll we'll never see the whole of The Simpsons ever. Like and that for me, that's like really like a really weird thing. But yeah, it's just not going to happen. There's there's just too much of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Star has some great stuff. Um. Oh, definitely I... recommend checking yeah, out Good Morning Vietnam. Um. Futurama. Um. But, yeah. This this week has been this has been a really good return. Yeah, we'll get back into it. Um. We'll, we'll we'll discuss a topic for um next week. Well, I think oh, we'll leave we'll leave link later to the week yeah, after so because um, um I think I still have a few to watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this has been um, it's, it's been a it's we'll been a great return. In, hopefully next week and not in September, but uh every seven months we're doing the before <laughs> not seven months, just every so. seven months of time. Um. Oh man, but um, yeah, and then hopefully in a couple of months we'll be at we'll be able to we'll go somewhere and record from the same place and um have it edited properly and have it yeah, yeah um, and have it so sounding yeah, thank you guys for uh, having sounding nice. Awesome. Check out our Instagrams link in the description. Um, we also have the pulp Instagram where yeah. we'll write a lot. Of, this is like the music um, stuff and stuff, but we'll have all of our links somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, we'll we'll have all the we'll have all the links you, dotted around. Um, thank thank you all for listening, Anna. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, it's been great. See you next week. So um.